This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We know what you're here for. It is a Rockets podcast, first and foremost and primarily. The Houston Rockets are coming off of a win against the Boston Celtics, a legitimate title contender. Um, you know, they, they, they won one, uh, I'm sorry, one, eleven to one Oh nine on Monday night at Toyota center. And it was a really good day aside from the win, but just what you got from the young guys, I thought was a, just a huge thing. And obviously it's a, it's a super young team, but you know, Alpern Shingoon's unable to play in the game, uh, groin injury, I believe it is. And Tar- it, it, it puts Tar Eason into the starting lineup. Um, and bumps uh, and it bumps Jabari Smith Jr. up to the to the five, and you ended up getting really good games from some of your cornerstone pieces. And so we want to react to that. Adam, you were there. You were at the game, covered the game, obviously uh, talked to a lot of the key figures after it. Uh, but I would imagine before and after. Um, so, what were some of your key takeaways from this latest Rockets win? Well, I guess, I guess the big thing is playing small, and, and you've seen them start to go in this direction a little bit more just over really the last six weeks to, you know, or the last month to six weeks where they'll have Jabari Smith Jr. guarding centers. And, and Boston's a little bit different because they don't have necessarily the traditional, you know, big center. They're starting Al Horford down there uh, yesterday, and they and they play small uh, to begin with. But you see just how different the spacing is when Jabari Smith is out there, and he's shooting the ball well right now, which is also – a big key um, third straight 20 and 10 game for him. First time, I believe it's the first time a teenager has, has gone for 20 and 10 and three straight games, six straight uh, double digit scoring games for him. He made his first five threes yesterday uh, and he's, he's just shooting the ball really, really well right now, but playing small, I think is something that it's interesting. And I, I do think we're going to see it more because uh, it allows them to, we've talked about this a lot, but it allows them to do a little bit more defensively uh, just, you know, they can be a little more diverse in their schemes but it's not to say that Alperin Shingun can't be part of the team's future because that's that's not the case at all. But you have seen them just more recently. They'll try and hide Shingun on a wing, uh, on a week on a weaker wing. And, and I do think that uh, Jabari has shown that he can probably handle playing center a little bit more. And if you get the right matchup, then you stick Shingun on a wing and you see if you can make that work defensively. Because you know, I, I see a lot about all well, the Rockets play drop, only play drop coverage with Shingun. They could do more. I mean, maybe they could. I, I don't know if they could do more. I don't think that ultimately they want to play drop coverage as much as they as they wound up having to do this season. But I don't think that they feel comfortable enough with Shingun being involved in actions, having him switch or having him blitz. And, and so that's just kind of the direction that they have just kind of stuck with defensively at this point. 
So Jabari but, Smith. Let me, let me add one more thing too. Um, yeah, of the poison. The poise that they showed in crunch time last night, I think, was a really important step for them. Because um, they haven't done they, No, and Steven Silas even brought this up after Saturday's game against the Bulls when they got outscored by 16 in the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden an eight-point lead is an eight-point loss. And they they remained poised last night. And there were a couple calls that, could, that, that went against them that in the past you could have seen them really let that explode and really let them unravel. And the big one – was the Marcus Smart um, the foul on, on the free on the made free throw, which gave Boston a four point play, and, and it got them within two. And they didn't unravel after that. They came down. Uh, Jalen Green made a, a just executed perfectly, got himself a mid range shot, made it, and all of a sudden it's back to a four point game, and that really turned out to be the difference. So uh, just really impressed with the poise that they showed down the stretch in last night's game. Yeah, well, since you mentioned Jalen Green, let me ask you about him because he didn't shoot the ball great last night, but we've talked about this a lot as well throughout the podcast on different episodes, getting to the free throw line. Like, a, a not a good not a good by any stretch day from the field or night from the field, 8 of 29 from the field, uh, but 10 of 11 from the free throw line, 2 of 8 from 3. Um, which was the exact opposite with Jabari Smith. Like you mentioned, he hit his first five threes uh, or, or, yeah, his first five threes was only uh, missed only one because he went five or six from three and was 90 of 11 from the field. Super efficient. Uh, not the case for Jalen, but what I'm seeing here is a certain level of aggressiveness. And like you mentioned, poise as well. Um, and and it, just, it just feels like, I don't know if turning of a corner is, is too much of a, an overreaction because, I mean, you, you're kind of dealing with a game-to-game situation and trying to trying to develop a larger picture of it. But w- what did you make just more specifically of, of Jalen Green as well in a game where he wasn't necessarily efficient but still seemed to be effective? Yeah, he's dealing with really good defenders. And, and Boston is a top-four defense for a reason, and they kind of showed it yesterday. And he took advantage – you know, you look at just kind of the uh, – at, at some of the matchups, when he got – you know, when he got isolated against Blake Griffin, he absolutely cooked Blake Griffin. But with other guys, he struggled. You know, he struggled when he as he should, up. as he as he yeah. should, obviously. You're, you're gonna you're gonna struggle when Jalen Brown's defending you. You're gonna struggle when Marcus Smart is defending you. You're gonna struggle, you know, even when Al Horford is defending you. That's that's nothing. You know, that's that's totally normal in, in today's NBA. And uh, but he, I, I think, got off to the great start. 16 points in the first quarter, and then Silas, you know, left him in to take the technical. Uh, to start the second quarter, and you know he's, you know he he didn't put up you know the great shooting numbers after that, but like you said, got to the free throw line, and you know free throws th- those are points too, and drawing fouls get you points, and that helps on the scoreboard. And when you take what what do you say eleven free throws in the game, and you win by two, that sort of stuff matters. You know that's what win game wins games because in the past, if he wasn't making shots, he wasn't scoring. Now, if he's not making shots, he can at least get to the free throw line and impact the game that way. And if you're getting to the free throw line. And now all of a sudden you have a chance to set your defense and now you're, you know, slowing a team down on the offensive end of the floor. So I, it's only good things getting to the free throw line. So not, not a great statistical game for him, um, but still a good game overall. And he made probably the biggest shot of the game also. Yeah. With Jalen green, just when you watch him and just kind of understand what he is as a talent, it feels like he should either be, getting he should be getting contested shots in the paint or at the rim on a consistent basis just because of the kind of athlete he is 
and just because of the kind of speed that he has and he has a good enough handle, he should be, you know, and we've talked before about him needing to improve as a finisher uh, for as athletic as he is and as good as he is. Uh, but but that that is something that I feel like should be expected of him sort of consistently when the shot is not falling, that just off of his athleticism and, and in that way, physical superiority, he should be able to get to the basket as, as much as he wants or, or be able to dictate how he's defended and, and be able to draw fouls. So um, so that's somebody that should live in the paint, um, when the, especially when the shot is not falling. Real quick, though, before we get into the NCAA tournament stuff, back to the Jabari Smith, Alperin Shingoon. Uh, obviously, Alperin Shingoon was out of this game because of injury, but I'm trying to wrap my mind around how, how does this situation sort of manifest itself going forward? You know, this season is a wash. You're just trying to get some good morale and get get players, you know, developing good habit, habits or, or at the very least dishing the ones that are not good. Um, but but I am trying to get a better picture for what the five spot is going to look like. You know, we talked more, it felt like, during the year about the three-man, uh, the three-five-man backup rotation, then, you know, what does the future exactly look like at, at the five? And we have talked about Jabari playing the five. But how do you think this works out with like does does Shingun ultimately become like sort of a six man or a guy that runs your that runs your second unit or somebody that you could run your second unit through? I mean to say, or or is this something where they still make sense coexisting together on like a high volume basis uh, minutes wise? I still think that they can coexist together. Um, I just think offensively the talent is there and to where they play off each other really well where you know shingun is the guy who can facilitate an offense and jabari smith is a guy who can make shots and so the the key is going to be for shingun is just can he find guys along the perimeter because mostly when he you know when he's been passing the assists go to the interior and i, I said this yesterday and i can't remember exactly what the number was but just the the percentage of of his assists have you know i think it was probably like 20 percent. i think i said yesterday it's about 20 percent of his assists uh during the stretch where kevin porter jr was out they were only cut that's where the three pointers were coming from so he needs to probably look along the arc a little bit more um and they've tried to do that with some of the spacing uh when he's in the post the big thing for shingun is going to be defensively i mean that's that's how this that's the only way that this can work and that's that's up to him and this is a big summer for him, I think, because uh, Turkey did not make, they did not qualify for the World Cup. So I don't know what his national team commitments will wind up being. I don't think there's any sort of other tournament or I don't know if there's any sort of qualifying thing that Turkey would have to be in. I, I'm not sure exactly where they stand when it comes to Olympic qualifying. But if he doesn't have national team commitments, he needs to be in the gym. And he needs to be working on his game. He needs to be working on his body. And it's going to be really important that he does that because I think you saw it last year. He did not come into camp ready. And it just that's just how it was. And he did not have a good preseason. He did not have a good training camp. And that's why he started the season on the bench. And give him credit for taking that the right way uh, and taking that well and using that as, as some motivation. But now – He's got a full summer to really work on himself and he's got to come into camp ready to go. And he's got to show that he's a better mover. He's got to show he's going to work harder really on that end of the floor uh, and do a lot of the little things because you see this far too often with him. He's 
not even in a defensive stance a lot of times on the on the defensive end of the floor you know i could show you and it's not just and i don't i don't want to just point him out because i think sometimes it feels like that you know we pick on him a little too much but he's the center he's the last line of defense and so you need him to be engaged every single time because he's the guy that's got to call everything out that's his responsibility you know he's the last line of defense just with with your defense so he's got to show up with the right mindset um, whenever training camp starts. So I, I think it's a really big summer for him, but I do think that the two of them can coexist. There's no reason to think that they can't. And there's no reason to think that they can't have a very good offense with those two on the floor together. It's just a matter of how does it work defensively and you know, can, and it's also on Jabari too. Can Jabari get bigger to where you can put him on centers and he can handle himself physically down low to maybe, you know, keep Shingu from having to be involved in as many actions as, uh, as some teams might want him to be involved in. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, you mentioned the summer for Shingoon and how this offseason is going to be such a major and monumental one for him because that that's the reason why the questions there for me or why I asked the question is because because of the defensive stuff we talked about how they have to hide him and just how how bad it is and you know I for me I just wonder I wonder how much you can play like once you're serious once you become a serious team or, or purport yourself to be a serious team I wonder how much you want to play a guy like that when you have to hide them defensively or you can't rely on them defensively and they do, they become much more of a niche type of player. And I, and I don't, I don't want, I don't want that to be the evaluation of him. And that's just, that's just the feeling right now based off of what you've seen defensively. Like, Hey, he's, he does this, you know, but on the other end of the floor, he's a complete liability, you know? So it's like, okay, the world, do you, you know, you've got a guy who can play the position that he plays and can do both things, can give you, can contribute to your team both offensively and not just contribute defensively, but as he grows and matures, could actually be a real difference maker defensively. So it's just a, it just, it, it feels like a, like a little bit of a conflict, but, I, but I agree with you, like, and certainly offensively, if he can figure things out defensively, then it's money, but Certainly offensively, you see how they could play off of each other. Like you mentioned, one guy is great at creating shots and or, or, or has a profile of creating shots. The other one has a profile of making shots. So the, and that I, is compatible. Yeah, go ahead. And I will say they think that you can have you can they, they believe that you can build at least an average defense with Shengun on the floor. So it's okay. not like that they're just going to punt on it. They think that you can that he can and they can as a group get to the point where they are a league average type of defense. But again, a lot of that is going to be on not just him, but on the individual players, everybody else getting better, but you know, he, he's got to get better moving, you know, especially laterally. You know, the, the one uh, thing that, that people will tell you about him is that he can move well in one direction, but he cannot change directions. He does not have good. He, he does not change directions very well uh, when he, once he starts moving one way. So that's something that he's really got to get better. He's got to get, again, he's got to get stronger. And so it's it's not going to be it's about him getting in the gym, working on his game, working on his body, 
and really coming into training camp with the right mindset. And if he can do that, well, then all of a sudden it changes everything for what they can do as, as a basketball team moving forward. And again, it's a big season for him next year because he's becomes extension eligible after the season. And so he's got a chance to really set himself up. And I think, you know, as a team, um, they've got an opportunity, you know, just to see if he is part of the foundation, because I think if you ask them, it's Jalen Green and it's Jabari Smith Jr. Those are the two foundational pieces that they have. It'll be whoever plus whoever they pick uh, with the lottery pick this year. And then after that, you have, you know, some openings. And I, I don't know exactly where Shingun fits there right now, but I, I know they I know they like him. They gave up a lot to get him. It's just a matter of can he do all the little things that you need him to do to play center in the NBA? Yeah, I, I know I was just critical now, but I like him too for the record. I like him a lot, or just I, I enjoy watching him play, even even with the flaws. I think it's a fun watch. It's an interesting watch because he's a very unique player. And I give I actually give Rafael Stone and his staff a lot of credit for for those picks. We've talked about that as well. The the middle of the first round, you know, trading up to get Shingun a couple of years ago, and then obviously just just picking uh, uh, Tari Eason where they did him, him, him just being available to them. Uh, what was it? Seven, 17? Yeah. Uh, 17 at 17. Uh, yeah. That, that those to me are some of their uh, better, better value picks, I think. Um, so definitely like what's going on there.